and welcome to Inside EcoDevo, an economic development podcast helping Missourians prosper. On this episode, we're talking about the Missouri Partnership. And sitting down with us to help with the discussion is the Missouri Partnership CEO, Sabash Alias. Sabash, welcome. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you, Eric. Glad to be here. Yeah. So before we dive into talking about all things Missouri Partnership, if you could just give us a little bit of background on yourself. How did you come to be the CEO for Missouri Partnership? So, you know, the story goes back to, if we're talking like beginning of the career and things like that. So I started my career in 95 as an intern working for a group then called the St. Louis Regional Commerce and Growth Association. And they changed their name and they merged two years ago to become today a Greater St. Louis Inc. So it's a partner of ours today. So I worked there for nine years, started as an intern there with tracking real estate in the St. Louis area, and then slowly got into project management uh, after a couple of years. And then uh, after nine, I went to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and worked for a group called the Allegheny Conference on Community Development. And so it's a group that has, was count, covers a 10-county region, did business attraction, retention, expansion, things like that. And so I was there for about six years. And I'm, I'm a Missouri native, grew up in Columbia and St. Louis, and I'm also an only child. So I wanted to get back to be close to family. So I reached out, this was in around 2010, to my contacts back in Missouri to see if there's a way to come back. And so um, I met up with Steve Johnson, who was at the St. Louis Chamber at the time, and uh, he told me about Chris Chung, who was the founding CEO of Missouri Partnership. We met, and um, I returned back to uh, Missouri and started a Missouri Partnership as Vice President of Business Recruitment in, uh, that would be April of 2011. So almost 12 years ago, but that's just focused on business attraction. And so about four years ago, Steve Johnson, who was leading Missouri Partnership, left to start uh, a new organization called Alliance STL. I moved in the CEO spot. It sounds like your whole career has been focused on economic development or some capacity of that. That's, that's exactly right. It's, um, it's a new profession compared to others. It's not that well known either. So I'll tell people you know, what I do for a living, and they kind of have a blank stare, like, what is that? (laughs) What is economic development? So it means different things to different people, but uh, it's not well known. So I didn't know that I would seek this out when I was in college or anything like that. It just kind of happened. Yeah. When somebody does ask you, well, what is economic development? What is your answer to it? Well, you know, I kind of think there are four pillars. I mean, there's a lot to it, but there's, you know, there's entrepreneurship. So making sure that, you know, you grow companies, uh, which is important. There's also expanding existing companies uh, to create jobs. Uh, And then there's retaining. So making sure that Missouri companies don't go other places because there are people like, like us in other states pursuing our companies too. And then there's business attraction. So there are kind of four pillars to economic development, but you know, overall it's creating jobs and creating wealth and improving lives for uh, residents. Yeah. And I'd imagine that Missouri Partnership is hitting all four of those pillars, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But let's just kind of start basic. What is Missouri Partnership? What do What do you guys do? Well, actually, we really just cover one of those four pillars. Oh, okay. Um, all, but all four of them are crucial. So DED covers the startups, the expansions, retentions, but we focus really only on attraction. So one component. So I think a good, well-rounded economic development strategy has all of those. But we focus specifically on one. And so Department of Economic Development contracts with us to do business attraction and marketing uh, for the state. 
So we just focus on business attraction. So bringing new companies in and by new companies, some people think it's, you know, my mom will, um, will ask, you know, when's, when's the next, uh, target coming in or the next, uh, grocery store or whatever. And I, and, and I have to remind others, it's not about retail necessarily. That is also part of economic development. But what we, what we do at the state level is really focus on kind of primary creating jobs. So jobs that will create other jobs through the multiplier effect. And then those, the multiplier effect will create wealth and then create rooftops. And then retail usually follows the rooftop. So we try to start at the very top. So we focus our resources more on those. Forgive me if you already answered this, but what kind of kicked off Missouri Partnership? What was the beginning of it? Was it by design to be attraction focused from the start? It was. So back in 2006, a number of state economic development leaders all around all four, you know, all corners of Missouri, they wanted to set up an organization that is really hyper focused on one thing, and that's business attraction. Because the idea is they wanted to set up an organization that would go out and kind of do the, the hunting and find the projects and then work them for their respective communities. And so the reason why they wanted to set up a group like ours is that we can do some things that are a little bit different than what the state can do. And that's our public-private nature. So the vision was to have some public dollars, but also private dollars to do some things that the state cannot do. So for example, we get on a plane at a moment's notice to go see a company. We can pick up the tab, you know, for, uh, for lunch or dinner. There's a lot of relationship building in this industry we brought in a handful of reporters over the last year and a half or two years to write stories about Missouri. So we can do that um, with our public-private nature. And so when it takes, you know, it takes that extra step to win a project, we will do what we can within, you know, obviously within reason, but we do what we can to win. And our public-private nature enables us to do that. Part of the thing, too, is that when we are courting a company, we are getting sensitive information from them and they can feel comfortable reaching out to a group that, you know, we're not subject to FOIA. At some point that happens when we engage with our friends at the Department of Economic Development. But at this early stage, we can talk to any company and they can do so and feel that we're going to keep it confidential. So that's something that our clients really do appreciate. And you've got to be competitive with other states. And so not all states are able to have a structure like we have. So I think it really lets us stand out among other states in the country. And so our partnership with the Department of Economic Development is, I, I would say, we tell people we work daily. I would say we work hourly with the Department of Economic Development. We are very, very closely tied. We work incredibly, incredibly well together. So the best part is we kind of know what each group does. The Department of Economic Development is involved in just about every aspect of our projects when it gets to a certain point. But... We often, people sometimes say, well, should we call Missouri Partnership or should we call DED? And I say, it doesn't matter. You call any one of us and we'll get you to the right, the right group or the right person. Yeah. It seems like the partnership, Missouri Partnership is an extension of DED. Was that partnership always there from the conception of Missouri Partnership or did that come later? How did that transpire? Well, we're established in 2008. So the, the idea came out in 2006. So since 2008, that has been the case. Yes, kind okay. of an extension of the team. And I know you were just kind of saying there, we, we work you know, daily, yeah, hourly, hourly. So, you know, <laughs> with each other. Can you talk a little bit about how that partnership works and when companies are coming in 
to establish a company and they're working with you or us, how does the left hand talk to the right hand, basically? It's a great question. So when we're doing the courtship, so there's a lot that happens in the process of a company deciding to locate a facility. And I would say that the process, just on average, it takes maybe six to nine months. Just just some some take longer, some are shorter. So say six to nine months. There's probably six of those months we are working one-on-one with those companies and we're showing sites or various communities throughout Missouri and the locals are getting involved with site visits and things like that. So there's a lot that happens from desktop screening, the request for information process, all the way down to site visits. And probably around the time, just after site visits, when we feel like it's picking up steam and getting serious, we would then engage with our friends at the Department of Economic Development and say, look, we need to kind of take this to the next level. So sometimes that would be we have to engage some other segment of state government and so if it's like Department of Transportation or Department of Natural Resources or Department of Ag, depending on what the need is, we will make that outreach via Department of Economic Development. So it's kind of a, a whole collective team that we work with. That usually doesn't happen until things start to get serious. The next thing would be if there are financial incentives at the state level that are part of it. That's when we would connect with the Department of Economic Development and say, look, here's the story with the project. We're going to be competing with these two or three other states. This is what we think it's going to take using our very powerful programs to, uh, to compete for the project, to compete with the other states. So that's when the Department of Economic Development gets incredibly involved with our projects. That's even, that's even more than hourly <laughs> in some cases. So we work really closely at that stage. And then even, and sometimes even in the aftercare, um, so there's some, after a company's located here, we want to make sure that, you know, we don't just leave them, but we then, we try to make that smooth handoff to Department of Economic Development and the regional engagement team. And so they can build a relationship with the company and then they can expand later. So, so the idea is to bring them in, have them set up their operation, and then hopefully they expand later because the bulk of job creation comes after a company locates or they're already here. That's the idea. So we, it really carries all the way through. There's an example of a project, and I, there's so much is confidential. So there's a project, a company that we located here a few years ago, and they're in the process of doing an expansion. So because we were so involved with the first one, we're just kind of in the backseat, just, you know, observing, just kind of being a friendly, familiar face from the last 10 years of working with the company. But the Department of Economic Development is working the project as an expansion. So hopefully we'll learn more about that one soon. Yeah. You're talking about the courtship process yeah. uh, there on average, and I guess it, it varies from year to year, but on average, how many businesses do you guys work with, would you say? Oh boy. So we probably locate between 10 and 20 uh, in the course of a year. So we have a success ratio. We're targeting a 20% success ratio, meaning for every every win, so the wins, the number of wins would be in the numerator and the number of open projects, we call them, would be in the denominator. That is a very difficult goal to achieve, but we always push ourselves to try to, to hit those goals. So we're probably tracking in the 12 to 14%. Depends on when we, at, when we look, but on average, it's 12 to 14%. So it's a sizable number of projects and companies that we will talk to before the ones they actually locate. And through that process, is there kind of, I guess, the, the tool bag you guys have at your disposal 
to attract those companies to kind of entice them to come to Missouri? What are some of the ways you guys go about accomplishing a landing a business here in Missouri? So they really kind of, and I, and I would kind of say that there are kind of six buckets of kind of six buckets of information that they look for. So the first one is kind of is workforce. We've, we've heard this before, right? Can they find the right people with the right skills at the right cost? And not just today, but tomorrow. So these decisions are, you know, 10, 20, 40, 50 year decisions that they're making. So there is this not a decision to be taken lightly. So they, they do a deep analysis to see what's the labor like. So that's one, that's one component. The other thing would be the location, uh, you know, just physically, where is um, the company interested? Uh, do they need to be along an interstate or do they want to be along a certain rail line or in the central time zone or along a river? So those are some of the assets that they look for. Then things like infrastructure. So I, this is anything you can touch and feel, I would say. So, you know, roads and bridges and highways are part of it, but I would also say real estate is too. You know, can they find the right site with the right utility access or the right building? And not just any building, but the right building for their needs. You know, if it's an industrial operation, is it modern with high ceilings with good utility access? So that's kind of in the infrastructure camp. And then there's um, soft infrastructure, which is kind of a, a little bit of a made up term, but that's kind of the business ecosystem. So maybe there's a um, key supplier or a key customer or kind of a, an ecosystem of companies that are similar to theirs that they want to be next to. So they'll look at that. And then um, the, the business climate. Uh, so we do really well in business climate in Missouri. So this is like the taxes, the regulatory environment, financial incentives that I mentioned earlier that Department of Economic Development plays in. And then quality of life. You know, why do we love living in Missouri? That's all part of it. So what we do is we, they, they usually put their needs in those six buckets, generically speaking. And we look to see how can we offer the best opportunity across all of those for these companies. So different companies will kind of weigh and score those factors based on their own needs. So we try to tailor our kind of overall package, which could be a local community, the site, the building, everything. We try to tailor it to that. So if they want to know about the ecosystem, we have brochures on some of our industries. So we will say, look, you're in good company because XYZ company is also in Missouri and they could be a potential partner. Or the university has this particular program, a research program that you can participate in. Uh, or these people are coming out of the two-year colleges with these particular skills and, and that aligns with what you're looking for. So those are the things we try to bring all that together to make the case for Missouri. When it comes to these six buckets, how is Missouri faring? I mean, we have eight states that surround us that probably have very similar um, uh, offerings. How are we faring in these six categories? The big issue is it depends on what the company is looking for. So we do very well. The one area that we do really well is our business climate. It's fairly generic. All companies are looking for a solid business environment. So kind of think of the, the foundation of your house. Something that not everybody always thinks about, but it's very important. And you realize when you don't have a good a foundation, the AAA bond rating that we have in Missouri, we've got the second lowest corporate income tax rate among states that have corporate income tax, just a very business friendly environment. I will say there are some things that, that just kind of come together and the attitude that we have to companies. 
I mentioned getting on a plane and going and seeing companies. So my colleague, Kara Weber, she worked to help attract a Chick-fil-A distribution center to um, the St. Louis suburbs. And she said, hey, I'd like to go see at their headquarters. They've asked to see see them at their headquarters. And Kara said, is that okay? I said, don't even ask, just go. Don't ask, don't fill out a travel authorization. (laughs) Get on the plane and go see them because they've asked you to. Missouri was the only state that saw them. So it's the attitude as well. I have to credit Governor Parson with how he mobilizes his cabinet to come out for economic development projects. Uh, It's very clear, and companies really, really like it when they see cabinet members all kind of coming in to win projects. So that's part of business climate. It's, it's, it's a little bit more of the qualitative side of the business uh, environment, but that's part of it. And then a lot of it is at the local level too. You know, some, some communities are, are really well-suited for certain industries and they really target those and other com- uh, communities target other industries. So that's all kind of part of the business climate. And I think we really do, we do really, really well. Central location uh, is very common I don't know if you know this, but we are the population center of the United States. It's a, it's a little bit of a tidbit. But the reality is companies have their own logistics center points that they're looking for. But we do really well. So we see a lot of distribution projects in, in Missouri because of being in the middle of the country. On our workforce, the work ethic we have in Missouri is second to none. Excellent training programs, very tailored-made training programs that we've got with Missouri One Start. Again, our friends at DED and, and Missouri One Start have put that together. So we can compete when it comes to training programs, fast track program, really impressive. Uh, And we talk about those and and companies, they really get excited about our training programs and our ability to to attract people. The business, I mentioned the business climate, the um, soft infrastructure, that kind of depends on what the industry is. So there's a very robust animal health industry in Missouri. Same thing with plant sciences and ag tech and geospatial and aerospace. Companies see that. And they recognize that. And sometimes those are just magnets anyway. That's strong enough. They, we, have the, we have famous industries that people know. I mean, plant scientists from all over the world know about Missouri's strength in plant sciences. And they will sometimes come here with or without our involvement, which is great. I mean, it's, like, it's a magnet for that. So we, um, we can really do well with our soft infrastructure as well. The one area where I think... We need to improve, and I don't think it's unique for Missouri. It's related to real estate. It's the number one factor we have, we have determined that gets in the way in winning projects has something to do with real estate. And it's either the other state had a better site or a lower cost site or a building that was more suitable, but it has something to do with real estate. So we have this initiative to go out and find large industrial sites that are ready to go to attract companies. The reason why real estate is a big deal for business attraction, in my opinion, is that the game is so competitive. If you have it, if you, if you think about a business attraction project, they are looking at us in other states and they have no vested interest in Missouri or our neighbors. They're going to say, we want the location. And if you've got the real estate, we'll look at you. If you don't, we're moving on. That is the challenge. It's incredibly competitive. So it's one, it's one, it's enough just to get on the list. And it's frustrating when you're on the list, you're doing the courtship and then you don't win because of a real estate transaction. Yeah. Previous episode, we were talking with Lori Becklenbird, who heads our up good friend. our yes. regional engagement. She was mentioning mega sites being something mm-hmm. that Missouri is 
uh, lacking in when compared to other sites. So what is your take on, on mega sites? I mean, I know very little about it just based mm. on what Lori was telling me, but could you, uh, I'm guessing that's one piece of the puzzle when you're trying to get probably things like big businesses, like Amazon warehouses and probably something along the lines with semiconductors that yeah. uh, are trying to get started up here. Can you tell me a little bit about the mega sites thing and how that kind of plays in? Yeah. So that is exactly why we're very eager for Megasites. So we started two years ago, a program to find large industrial sites. We started with Megasites. So our goal was a thousand acres and up. Uh, and the goal was to find three of them in the state. You might think, oh, well, there's a thousand acres right over there. And that, uh, you know, along the highway, that must be ready to go. It's not that, it's not that easy. The sites, they have to have infrastructure, utility infrastructure, and not just not just an electric line, industrial, high-level, industrial-grade electricity or water or wastewater infrastructure. That's where the challenge is. So we sought out 1,000 acres, three of them. We still could not, and the whole we used the whole state as our canvas, and we contracted with a site location consultant. So these folks are pros at finding sites, and they could not find three of them. We found two that were almost a thousand acres, but we couldn't find three. It's that difficult. Then we sought out premier sites, which are 200 acre sites. So our bread and butter is more in the 200 acre site. I mean, we, we do want the thousand acres because that's what these big projects that you've read about that have located in the Southeast and even our, our neighbors have, have won these mega projects. We can't even step up to the plate without mega sites. But we see a lot of projects that also look for 200 acre sites. And so we sought those out as well. So our target was 10 of those and we were hoping for half of them to be rail served. So we're looking for the 10 best 200 acre sites. So we're in the middle of that right now and we should have news on that soon. Okay. But that's an active process. So a lot of ours are also are 50 acre sites, but we kind of know some of those, right? And so, so the idea was let's find sites that we may not already know about. So some, some we knew about, some were brand new to us. Gotcha. Any remedy to the, for lack of a better term, mega site problem? I know getting infrastructure laid in is costly and you got to lay wire and pipe and all that stuff. Any remedy to, to the challenge there? Any kind of uh, thought on, on how we could overcome that? Well, there's a, a fantastic program, the Industrial Site Development Program through ARPA that was um, authorized. It's uh, $75 million to improve those sites. So we're really excited about seeing that. So that is a huge, huge step forward. And we, you know, we commend the department for, uh, you know, taking the lead on that. That's, that's, that's great news. So our objective with this whole site program, and, and this is not a sprint, this is a marathon. So our objective is to first identify the site, control the site. And that's difficult. Sometimes it's multiple landowners. And then we need to improve the site, which is where the industrial site development program comes from. And then we're going to market those sites once it's kind of at least controlled. So the beauty of this is already it's paying off because there are sites we didn't know about. We have already submitted those sites even before they were, they were barely identified. We've already submitted those sites for companies as we're courting them right now. So it's, we're, it's sort of a, it's a live exercise. We're improving and trying to con- get the sites controlled at the local level, but we're already submitting them for projects. Wow. And you mentioned ARPA along those lines with 
the money that's going to expand broadband. Mm -hmm. I imagine that has to be in our favor for infrastructure. I don't know how many of our neighboring states are kind of taking that plunge, but we're, you know, there's a lot of money allocated and a lot of projects being lined up in that realm. Yeah, that's, that's so vital as well, because some of these sites are going to be in areas where there may not be enough broadband. Like I said, the whole state was our canvas. We're talking, this is not just in the major metros. This is, these sites are slated to be anywhere uh, throughout the state. And we know that broadband is not available equally everywhere. So uh, we're really excited about that as well, because that, that feeds right into what we're talking about in okay. terms of being prepared for these projects. Switching gears just slightly, just kind of perusing your guys' site, you guys had a whole international section on there. Can you tell me about the international side of things? So what we do is we go out and find opportunities for Missouri. So our reach is global. And so we work very closely with DEDs, international offices that are all over the globe. I think one of the challenges we have in Missouri, when you compare to, say, maybe, you know, more well-known states like, you know, California, New York, Texas, Florida. I mean, a lot of globally, those states are well known and, and they're fine states. But what we like to, to say is, you know, consider Missouri a state that you may not know as well as others, other states. They're, those are fine states, but they may not be the best place to locate whatever facility you're looking to locate. So the, the country is huge. And look at Missouri. Missouri is big too. So we also think if we can if we can kind of step up and be ahead of our competition and we can offer that sort of soft landing for international companies, take yourself. If you've, if you have friends or relatives abroad and and you're debating on moving, you might choose the place where your friend is uh, or relative is, whether you know the place or not. So we're trying to make friends really uh, across the globe and make sure that they know about us and we, and we will give them the attention that maybe another state won't. So that's one of our value propositions. And we leverage the DEDs international offices. Who they, they focus a lot on trade, but they focus on investment too. And as you know, uh, Governor Parson goes on um, uh, trade and investment missions across the globe. And we hope to make, and you know, we go along and we, we try to cement those relationships. Maybe it's the second time we're seeing them, or maybe it's the first time we're seeing them. The objective is to try to build relationships with those folks. So we have to look everywhere. We, we get a lot domestically but we've got to look everywhere. Is there any difference between the domestic side and the international side? I'm guessing that when a company is domestic, maybe there's not as much risk as somebody coming from, say, Germany or China or, or India. I'm just you know throwing out names there. Yeah. Uh, what's the difference in attracting a domestic company versus an international company? There are a lot of differences. One of them would be for a domestic company, they likely already have some awareness of Missouri. So most of our projects are not necessarily relocating a company out of one state to Missouri. The most common scenario, and this is around 95%, is they just want to add to their footprint. You know, So maybe they're based on the East Coast and they want to be in the Midwest and they add or their supply chain footprint changes and then Missouri winds up being kind of in that sweet spot for them or close to it. So they add. So they, they typically already have a presence in the United States for some of the domestic projects. The international is often driven by some kind of a key customer for them. They might have a customer that's in Missouri and they think, well, you know, our customers are already in Missouri. Um, maybe we could start selling and developing more customers before we kind of establish a beachhead in the state. 
So they kind of, I, I think it's kind of a toe-in-the-water approach sometimes with some of the international companies. Not always, but that's what we see as kind of the most common approach. The other thing is oftentimes there are international companies that they have U.S. headquarters, and so it follows the same domestic principles, but they're just based internationally. That happens quite a bit too. But those that are kind of not familiar or don't have any experience in the United States, if we can get in front of them, it's a really neat opportunity because like I said, we can offer them that soft landing with a little added tailored customer service. This might be a little bit of a retreading based on us uh, talking about the the buckets and, and what Missouri has to offer, but are there any commonalities, whether it's domestic or international, commonalities in what businesses are coming to Missouri for? Do we have something that is a main attractor that businesses are going, yep, that's, that's what we want right there. So again, it depends. It depends on who it is and what they're, what they're looking for. I'll go back to those buckets. So for example, a, um, a distribution center, distribution centers are very location sensitive. They come up with very sophisticated logistics models that say, you know, your, your customers are in this part of the country. Your product is coming from that part of the country. Where is the best place to locate it? They call it the logistics centroid, and that may be near Missouri. And they have a cost penalty for every mile they are away from that logistics centroid. So we already are kind of attractive and when we go and compete for those. But what happens is we end up competing because our two largest metros are also on borders. We wind up competing for where on what side of the state line is that company going to go? For distribution centers, it's all about logistics. Workforce is important, but you can't kind of out-workforce a bad physical location when it comes to a distribution center. So for manufacturers, and the bulk of our projects are manufacturing, I would say general manufacturing, food manufacturing, that's the bulk of what we're seeing. They will take logistics into account as well. But part of that is that soft infrastructure. Where is the protein? What are some of the university programs that are out there that can support some sort of food processing that, that sort of thing. What's the labor like? What's the cost of labor? What's the, how many people are already working in that field? Who do we have to compete with in, in this part of the state? If, are we going to be the employer of choice or, or are we going to compete for labor with this other company that's already there? Or do we know that we're already going to pay, you know, a few, um, you know, a, a dollar more than that? Then we, and we know we can beat them, then they may locate to try to take employees. It's very competitive. Unfortunately, it's very competitive for employers to figure out where to locate and they compete for, there's a war for talent. It's real. I think we do really well with food processing projects. We've seen a lot of success uh, at Missouri on food processing projects. Some of the R&D operations I mentioned earlier, they gravitate to where the research is, the plant sciences and the animal health and the ag tech. We are such a magnet for that. They will just, they will locate here and that's all that soft infrastructure I referenced earlier. It's all about what is the supporting industry. And it comes to a point where we have to be in Missouri if we're in this industry. So if it's in animal health, we really have to be there. Or if it's in plant sciences, we have to be there. Any indication on why those two are, you know, you said food processing, ag tech, animal sciences. Why are those specifically booming in Missouri? So for the food processing, the pandemic kind of changed and and people learned about the supply chain was disrupted because of the pandemic. Companies found that they were a little bit vulnerable with the supply chain. Plus food is kind of, it's kind of recession proof. Uh, They can make big investments in food because we, we all are continuing to eat. 
plus we have access to the protein. We've got livestock in Missouri and companies want to be near that. All that helps with the logistics. I would say too that we've got, we're really competitively priced when it comes to things like real estate and our labor can be attractive as well. We know how to do it. So they go where other companies are. They're kind of magnets. So that's what we get really excited about was when we locate a company, other companies take notice and they say, what's going on in Missouri? We should follow. So just for example, in Missouri, we've located two facilities for Swift Prepared Foods, division of JBS, one in Moberly and one in Columbia. And then there's um, cereal ingredients came over from mid central Kansas into St. Joseph cereal ingredients in, in the St. Joseph area. The, the biggest win we have seen since we've started the organization is American Foods Group beef processing plant going to Warren County. So just a lot of momentum and excitement around food. And one, the industry is strong, but we're also riding that wave too. Any other industries or sectors that are kind of booming outside of the ones we just mentioned? So the other one is maybe construction materials that follows kind of the construction cycle. So there were two big projects that, um, that we, uh, we were happy to work on. One is Carlisle Construction Materials that is under construction in Sykeston. So they make roofing panels, insulated roofing panels. So that goes into roofing systems. So that's under construction. And then James Hardy, that was announced um, earlier or last year for Crystal City in Jefferson County. So that's... Um, several hundred million dollar investment as well. So that's probably the other category. And then there's kind of a hodgepodge of different manufacturing of different widgets that we see too. So general manufacturing is pretty large, but if you kind of break that down, food and, and construction products are, um, are the top projects. Okay. You were mentioning some business wins there. Uh, any other wins from 2022 or any other time that are kind of like big ones for Missouri? Yeah, 2022 was a record year. For Missouri, we saw some really incredible wins. Um, I mentioned American Foods Group and James Hardy. The other big one was Meta. They're building a hyperscale data center in Kansas City. And the thing we really are excited about that is that we're able to kind of, you know, a, a lot of people will say, well, what's going on in Missouri? What, you know, why should we pay attention? And we say, look, a company like Meta is making this major investment in our state. And it suddenly makes people think, wow, we should be looking at Missouri. So success breeds success. And, um, we do really well for data centers as well. We competed for that one pretty heavily. That one also took around, I mentioned the six to nine months, that took around four years for Meta. It's a huge investment for them. We do really well in, uh, in Missouri because of our electric rates, which is key for data centers. They consume a, a good amount of energy. They look for renewable energy as well. We have great programs to support data centers, sales tax exemption on the construction materials, uh, sales tax exemption on the equipment. That can be expensive, and we can even offer sales tax exemption on the equipment refresh. So just like you change your, you replace your computer every few years, they do the same thing in data centers. And so every time they, they purchase equipment, they have got to pay sales tax. We've got the ability to exempt that through one of our programs. And then sales tax exemption on the energy usage, uh, which is there are big energy users, and so that's another advantage. So we're incredibly attractive for, for data centers. But we have to have large industrial sites to support them. Yeah, <laughs> which is... It comes back to that. Yeah, the issue we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, out of those wins, or maybe even one that we haven't talked about yet, is there one that you're most proud of that has come recently? You know, I think the one that... Um, and I don't think I fully understood this until we were kind of in the middle of the project. And that's the American Foods Group project. 
The reason is that it's so impactful. In economic development, we traditionally kind of measure by jobs, payroll, capex, things like that. And that's a heavy jobs, heavy payroll, heavy capex project. That big manufacturer locates and then that multiplies and they, they hire other people in other companies and other industries may attract and, be, and, and locate near it to support it. But the thing with American Foods Group is that it's actually, it's also supporting our ag community when it comes to cattle. So we raise cattle in Missouri. They can go to the American Foods Group facility. And then you've got grain to feed cattle. And that's grown in Missouri. So a traditional manufacturer that's, say, you know, some kind of a widget, you probably get that first tier, second tier, third tier benefit. Something like an American Foods Group goes deep into the roots, no pun intended, of our economy, all the way into the ag community, which is not something we see all the time. So that one is big. It was difficult. You know, the, the harder the, the harder <laughs> the harder fought wins are some of the most rewarding wins. Um, and it was incredibly impactful. Yeah. And I'll add that the governor was involved. Various departments were involved. It was really incredible. It sounds like Missouri was almost tailor fit for their company. Why would it have been so difficult? Because there are, there are many challenges along the way. On a lot of this, again, it comes down to sites. The site was great, but it, it had some deficiencies because sites just aren't sitting there ready to go for every single type of company. So they had to make some improvements. And we were competing fiercely with other states. And we know we were competing with other states. And so it, it took a lot of um, selling to the locals as well. Not everybody, most people were incredibly supportive, but not everybody is supportive. So that makes it challenging too. But it's the, the overall project will have a huge impact on Missouri. So it was about 18 months for that from when we first learned about it to when they put the first shovel in the ground and maybe six months before that of building relationships with the, with the folks that, that uh, kind of helped advise the company on the project. So being involved with something like that for you know, over two years is also pretty rewarding. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this question is kind of like an oddball question. And it's a little bit of a two-parter. Uh, so if it's a difficult one mm-hmm. to answer, I apologize. Uh, but you had mentioned earlier when you have certain businesses come in that attracts like businesses to come in. So could you uh, theoretically craft the way your state does business by only attracting certain businesses? I know you, you, know, you really wouldn't want to do that. Uh, and then the second part of that question is, if you grow a sector to the point where you're known for that sector, does it hinder any other growth in any other industry? Let me answer your second question first. I don't think it does. The, the, the one constraint is going to be talent and labor. That's the constraint. If we have people that, will, that we can demonstrate are ready to work and need jobs, we can attract all kinds of companies here. So growing a sector it then almost becomes automatic. I mentioned before, companies will say, we need to be there. We have to be there because of what's going on. It would be odd if you're not there. That would be the goal of some of these sectors. Like I said, plant sciences is like that. Animal health is like that. And ag tech is too. Then it almost kind of goes on cruise control to some degree. It just starts to grow like a snowball. It just gets bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger uh, as time goes on. 
you're going to have to repeat the first part of the question. <laughs> yeah, the first part's kind of, you know, an out there question. Yeah. Like if, let's just say, for example, since Missouri is a very big ag focused state, we have a lot of yeah. farms, ag tech stuff. If we, you know, decided, and I'm saying not we as in the department, but just the universal we, that like, hey, we're going to focus on ag. So we're really going to sell to ag businesses, other businesses, not really our focus. Could you tailor a state to be one mega industry, so to speak? You could. I don't think it's a good idea. Though, right. Because yeah. Missouri's one of the most diverse economies in the country. And that's actually a strength. I think it's a strength because when you have a diverse economy, it's just like a diverse investment portfolio, right? You, you can weather some storms with that. So I think it's, it may sound attractive and appealing to kind of, you know, go all in on one industry, but that can cause long-term challenges too. So I like the idea of taking multiple industries where we're strong, fostering them, growing them, you know, not putting all of our eggs in one basket. Sorry for the ag pun, but you know, (laughs) because if that industry tanks, then you're kind of right. Right. So that's, that's another thing. Again, I mentioned earlier about kind of the strong foundation we have as a business climate in Missouri, you know, our economy kind of mirrors the national economy. We do, you know, we, we don't rise and fall really. We don't take large hits and we don't, we don't skyrocket either. You know, it's kind of steady eddy. And that is very attractive for a lot of companies because, you know, they're going to be investing potentially millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. In some cases, you know, we're seeing price tags of billion dollars. And when they put that kind of money in the ground, they want to do that in a stable environment. That's key. It's a high impact, potentially high risk decision for a company to make a decision like this. And it's our job to kind of offer a safe haven to do it. And Missouri really, really strives in that area. I would take multiple, even though we are pursuing these large projects, I would take a whole bunch of smaller companies creating the same number of jobs in one big one. But again, a well-rounded strategy goes after all of them, you know, the big ones and the small ones. So, you know, there are countless stories of, of other states and other metro areas that have kind of, you know, gall, gone, you know, entirely in on one industry. And if that industry takes you know, a dive, then it can, it can bring down that region or that state with it. So I think it's good to have to be diverse as we already are, which is something we, sh- we should really celebrate too. Yeah, exactly. I know confidentiality is a thing, not asking to, for any specifics, but anything currently happening that's exciting or anything on the horizon coming that is exciting? Yeah. The, so we are working on these, you know, a couple of these, you know, we nicknamed them whales, you know, the big projects, we are working on those. It's difficult not to get excited about those because in our business, that's like the big fish. Again, we still do great with the smaller ones, but it's, it's really exciting to, to win these big ones. We have one that we started not that long ago that we're making some progress. Everyone would know about it. It would be a national headline kind of a project if we were to locate it. So it's still very early. It's still early, but we're excited about it. And here's the thing. If we don't win it, we always learn something in the process. We do. Our partners do. There's, there, we, and then we'll be better and ready for the next one. And it doesn't mean that we did something wrong, but we can help 
be more prepared for the next one. Yeah. Uh, this question is kind of similar to the one I just asked. So I don't know if you can really uh, give me a direct name on something, but is there like uh, a unicorn project? Uh, you know, the kind of like, if we get that, if we get that business or we get that company or whatever, that would be huge. Is there anything uh, th that we look at there? Uh, so I'll tell you, they, we've actually won some unicorn projects and I don't know that we totally appreciate it. You know, so I think Meta is a unicorn kind of a project where really that's that's a headline grabbing kind of a project. I mentioned the AFG project. That's a unicorn that that is. So we've been we've been talking with a lot of people about it. A lot of people are excited. And I, and I keep reminding people that's that's that doesn't that's not may not happen again next year like that. <laughs> like this is a great win. And, it, and it's it's a once in a lifetime kind of a, a project. The other one is Accenture Federal Services in the western St. Louis suburbs in St. Louis County. 1,400 tech jobs for Accenture Federal Services. May not get a lot of attention, but that is, that's a unicorn. We were thrilled to win that project. And we won the project. It was announced in June of 2020, right there within the first few months of the pandemic. To be honest with you, we thought the project was, we'd been working on it pre-pandemic, and we thought the project was over with. You know, that was something that we attracted. So right now, all the rage is chips and EV. So I would say if we could win one of those, that would be the unicorn. But we are winning a lot of pretty exciting projects as well. And we have others that are, you know, they, they may not be that unicorn, but they could be really, really impactful. Well, I think that's uh, pretty much everything I had that I wanted to talk to you about. Before I wrap it up with our final question here, I'll just open the floor to you. Is there anything you want to talk about about Missouri Partnership or business attraction that we didn't cover? You know, I would say just one, you know, one thing is that, um, you know, it's important that we be positive about Missouri. You know, so we at the Department of Economic Development and, and at Missouri Partnership and, you know, people that are kind of involved in this industry and our partners all around the state our livelihood is around promoting Missouri and our respective communities. But really, it's, it's peers. Companies make decisions by also talking to their peers. So it's important to kind of elevate our own pride in Missouri as a great business location. So that's going to be really key because, frankly, we're only a small group of people. But, you know, we can deputize six million Missourians to, to kind of shop from the rooftops about Missouri we're all going to do better. Check out our website. We've got all kinds of great things about Missouri. Check out Tourism's website, DED's website. You will feel very good and very proud to be a Missourian when you check um, check out those sites. And also follow us on social media, please. I kind of like that answer because it ties right into my last question uh, here. As uh, you may or may not know, the department's motto is helping Missourians prosper. So the work that Missouri Partnership does in coordination with DED, how do you guys help push that motto forward. It, it's right in line with what we do. Again, we are, you know, we work on a contract with Missouri Department of Economic Development and the Hawthorne Foundation. So we do what DED uh, is also looking to do. So it's right in line where we're in lockstep when it comes to our function. We just do one part of it and Department of Economic Development does another part of it. All right. Sabash, thank you so much for thank coming you. in. This is a lot of great information. Really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside Eco Devo. We have great episodes coming your way every two weeks, so be sure to subscribe. Also, we want to hear from you, our listeners. 
Tell us what economic development topics you want to hear more about. This helps us fulfill our motto of helping Missourians prosper by bringing content to our listeners that they want to hear. Leave a comment on an episode or send an email to ded.communications at ded.mo.gov and stay tuned for more Inside EcoDevo.